Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. It's going so well. Oh, that's see, that's good. Is that a good hello? I literally just had a complex of just before <laughs> we started about how I say hello. So I just like threw Rachel under the bus and said, "It's your turn to say hello." And then she got all self-conscious about saying hello. I was hello. not prepared. <laughs> hello. Here it is, episode seventeen. We've had two thousand three hundred fifty downloads, and yeah, sure, famous people get that in the first ten seconds of releasing their podcast. But hey. We're close to being famous. If you it'll, build it'll just it, take some time. They will come exactly. And I was looking into like those uh, Patreon options and stuff like that, Ooh. so that we can become like out there in the world. Because I think we got important stuff to say. And hey, two thousand three hundred fifty people. Well, not separate people, but you know, two thousand three hundred fifty times our voices have been heard. What if? What if it's just my mom who like. Ten times downloaded it over and over and over again. <laughs> Stop it, Rachel's mom. Stop it. Ruby, is that you inflating that the numbers? You? She's 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 maybe, wonderful and proud of her daughter. Maybe but... all of our friends have gotten together behind our back and they're just like, we'll each download a hundred times, you guys, and then they'll feel good about you it. You know what? Even so, that, that means they support us. That's true. Even if it is just ten loyal people. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> thank you. Whoever you are. How many, however many of you there are, we thank you. But, uh, episode 17, we have almost made it to talking for just over 20 hours of stuff to do with body image. Doesn't actually sound like a lot when you say it that way. 20 hours doesn't seem like much. We haven't even talked for a full day. 20 episodes sounds like really awesome, but when you put it back to back... (laughs) But I suppose, like, if we had to actually sit down and talk non-stop for 20 hours, I mean, I I think you could do it. (laughs) That would be exhausting, though. We would need a lot of coffee, and then wine, and then coffee again, probably. You could go through the whole range of emotions from, like, sober, buzzed, drunk, hungover, regretful, recovered. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Back to coffee and start the cycle again. So, this episode is going to be called You Gotta Want It. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of bouncing, piggybacking off of the back of last episode, where we talked about Facetune and sort of faking it and putting a... An image out into the world just for for likes and attention without actually really putting in any work to change. I mean, like, I know you can't really change your face without surgery, but, you know, basically faking your image. And then this morning I was looking at some, some YouTube video, like doing some just general image, uh, image research on body image. And I uh, was listening to a few things that were sort of exposing fitness frauds for like selling snake oil protein powders that don't actually contain any protein when tested in a lab that is probably a fun google rabbit hole oh yeah and frauds uh, in the industry you know like quick fix ways to to get six packs or you know ridiculous promises that you can look a certain way by following that program for like a few weeks and then you're going to be 
Lena's all hell and veins popping out. So I thought it could be like a, an interesting discussion to talk about what that actually takes. And as Rachel pointed out when we talked about this earlier, this is not at all saying that you should look <laughs> lean and shredded because as we know, abs are not a marker of health. But as a nutrition yeah. coach, I commonly get asked in the in like the first meeting of like, how do I get abs? Yeah, people want that, right? People, people want people walk abs. in there like, I would like six pack abs and like a cute little bubble butt. <laughs> and so, the I bubble thought, butt is easier to get, by the way. It is. <laughs> I think so. I, I think, I think building one. muscle is is happens more quickly than like leaning out to a body fat percentage that reveals your abs sometimes. No, I agree. I agree. So we thought, you know, we could chat about what it actually takes, what it looks like, um, and how much hard work goes in. But first, I wanted to quickly do a little check-in because we just spent a fine, fabulous, fun weekend at we Big Bear Lake um, for a 4th of July weekend slash my longest, drawn out, most drawn-out birthday celebration ever because... <laughs> I yeah. like to do that. Um, and it kind of got me thinking when we were down there. We, you know, obviously it's a lake. We went on it and it's hot. So we're wearing bikinis. Yep. And Minimal it clothing. made me realize that up until maybe two or three years ago, no, I'd say three years ago, I never wore bikinis on the beach. I'd wear like a bikini top, but then like long board shorts, not even like little board shorts. But long, like boy style shorts to cover up my ass. Yeah. And this weekend at the lake, I was strutting around in my bikini, inflate deflating my unicorn float with my butt that was, in the air. That was awesome. She was her, yeah. She was put on a show. And I have <laughs> burn lines around the <laughs> bikini bottoms that are yeah. very attractive right now. So it kind of it made me smile thinking about that. I was like, oh, there's progress. Like I'm just learning to own the skin I'm in and be. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, I look different now than I did ten years ago, from all of the working out and like understanding how to fuel myself right. But you know, there's still insecurities. But I was like, to heck with those insecurities. My butt is out in that sunshine. <laughs> it's true. I feel like I feel like there there was a lot of. Uh... I had, I had a lot of inner conversation this weekend about confidence as well. Cause it's true. It's like, we were, we were there with other friends. So there were, uh, there were, there were three, three of us women kind of, you know, owning our bodies, strutting around in bikinis. And it was interesting. Cause I definitely, I think it came up on the weekend, not, not that long ago, like probably last year or so I had said to my partner, Jeff, that, um, I was just probably, you know, happy with, like, I was just never going to wear a bikini again. Like he reminded me that I had said that to him. I remember when you said that on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that I had said that. And that was last year, you know, I was kind of like, well, it's like, that's fine. And like, there's some really cute one pieces out there. And if my, my stomach and stuff is the area I'm, you know, least into showing off, like one pieces are great. Um, and that's definitely changed. And I don't think it's because my body has changed that much. It's more just confidence like we talked about a couple episodes ago of uh yeah sometimes if you just feel better and feel strong and things like that you just maybe naturally stop caring as much about what you're wearing or or who's looking at you the concept of feeling that's an interesting one like in 
my like uh, nutrition coaching masterclass that I'm doing right now, that's been like a topic of learning in the last week. Like when people come to you and they say like, I feel fat mm. or I feel oh, yeah. smart or I feel fit. Like what does that really mean? Oh, interesting. Because, you know, it's like you just said yourself, like a year ago, you declared that you were probably never going to wear a bikini again. And then just after, I'm not sure my body's changed that much. I mean, we know it has changed. It has. It has. But most of your ability to put on a bikini and wear it and be like, I'm good with this, is not actually like, it's not like you lost 50 pounds in the last year. And not at all. completely yeah. changed your shape. Yeah. You've lost weight, absolutely. And your body composition is changing. But it's not like you went on the biggest loser and halved your body right, weight. right. But your mindset has changed. Yeah. And tapping into like what something feels like. Somebody can, I can literally go from one minute going, ugh, I feel just bloated or I feel, you know, like uncomfortable in my own skin. And then 30 minutes later, I could pass a mirror with like nice lighting and all the rest of it and be like, oh, oh, hello. (laughs) I'm going to walk down the street in my underwear. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and nothing changed in that 30 minutes between mm-hmm. what I actually look like on the outside. Nothing changed at all. But how I might carry myself or even the thoughts that I might be thinking could completely like dictate what like I think I look like. But, you know, that's why like we're always our, our, our harshest critics. Like from the outside, oh, yeah. if you had come to the beach that time last year in a bikini... I doubt anybody would have been like, you need to get home and cover up. Right? <laughs> Let's hope not. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting because it's like we've uh, we've talked about that in other podcasts, you know, like when you walked into a restaurant patio wearing shorts and got side eye from someone. Like, I think it is strange the whole, you know, always being conscious of the fact that other people are maybe looking at us and judging us because, you know, we're, we're here tackling all these body image conversations with each other and being honest about what's going on in our head but the reality is everyone else out there is you know indoctrinated into this culture so we probably are being judged by other people right like that's just that's the cultural norm um and so it is it definitely becomes like a mental game i know one of the things this weekend that well there were a couple things actually that that made me feel good about just wearing what i was wearing and being who i was um one was uh, the fact that I was, we, we were being really active, right? Like, so we have, um, in the group, we've got multiple stand-up paddle boards that we took up there, uh, kayaks that we took up there, and Big Bear is definitely a lake where there were tons of kayak rentals and stuff. And you, I saw all these other people renting kayaks. And when you rent a kayak, they apparently give you these little like wheelbarrow kind of wheelies for your kayak. So you don't actually have to carry the kayak. You can just wheel it from the rental place down to the boat launch. Um, So there are all these little wheelie carts everywhere. And since all of ours are inflatable, we inflated them to car. And when I was done inflating mine, like I picked it up on my shoulder. Like it's only, I think it's less than 40 pounds. Um, But for some people, like, Maybe that's not something they can pick up. And Mm -hmm. I definitely remember thinking as I was like holding that kayak up on one of my shoulders and walking from the parking lot to the boat launch, I was like, yeah, my body can carry this no problem. Like I could walk that kayak for 
possibly like a mile, you know, and, and be okay with it because my body is that strong. So I feel like being able to do that made me feel like a badass regardless of what I was wearing. <laughs> I don't know if that perception, you know, maybe people thought like, wow, look at that, look at that squidgy girl carrying a kayak. <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> but, but that's okay because I, I felt anybody awesome. was thinking that. And that's the thing is like, Whenever you find yourself saying, I feel a certain way, it's really worth stopping yourself in your tracks and going, okay, what does that really mean? What does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? And if I felt fit and fabulous and, you know, great yesterday and today I suddenly feel fat less than 24 hours later. Right. Why? Like, what is happening there? Because I clearly didn't just suddenly gain a whole world of weight enough to make a significant outward physical change overnight. And quite often that's also related to hormones. I was going to say, as, as, as a woman, I feel like the first question I ask myself is like, Wait, what time of the month is it? Because that, that affects us. Mm-hmm. Our, self, our self-perception, our self-worth, like absolutely. And the other thing, um, like kind of, you know, like Layla, our guest, when she was talking about wearing shorts and just like not putting on the shorts and she's thinking about what the shorts mean to her and not what anybody else is thinking about it. And as I was walking around in a bikini, I'm like, sure, there's some lumps and bumps that I wish weren't there. But you know what? If I'm all like self-conscious about it, I'm actually far more likely to alert people's attention to the bits that I'm not like super stoked on. As opposed to just being me, letting a personality come out, enjoying the moment, paddling, you know, whatever we're doing, drinking a beer. And people will not, hopefully... Be paying attention to anything other than, oh, here's someone having a good time, enjoying themselves or doing something cool or carrying things. Just (laughs) carrying heavy things. Like (laughs) now you can carry things while wearing a bikini. I know, I know. It was a big deal for me. (laughs) Look at that. We're just crushing this game. So you gotta want it. Today's episode. Yeah. This I feel is actually really interesting because there was something that I shared the other day on uh, Instagram it was all about like if there was a picture it was like a cartoon and there were three different females different body shapes and stuff Mm -hmm. and the caption was basically if we all ate exactly the same thing and did exactly the same amount of exercise and movement we would still look different yeah dramatically different and we know that, like, you've been working with a coach and counting macros for uh, last September. Last September is when I started, so I'm going on eight, eight full months, and then some. And I've done that in the past, and and we both like have different results at different speeds and different, you know, experience of experiences of sort of let's change our body composition but let's just say theoretically that we're both looking to do is it like bikini contest or a muscle uh, con- some kind of like there's what do you like call them? Uh, what do they call them um bikini i mean bikini pro like, or yeah bodybuilding comps i think bikini is like a category within it i don't i don't know let's just say are. we both wanted to get ourselves to a point we'll get where a competitive bodybuilder on here as a guest they can they can school us on all the right language vascular <laughs> super lean you know veins all over the place 
striation city that kind of striation look. city <laughs> that's that's what we've just set our hearts on right here that's what we're gonna what we're gonna go for I mean when I started when what so 2017 when is when I got my nutrition coach and I thought I knew about food and eating and feeling your body right and I thought I ate quote-unquote pretty healthy which I did but my numbers were just like out of whack and when I started the process, I didn't actually have like a an in-body scanner or like a DEXA scan at the yeah. start of it. But I would say looking at my pictures, I probably started the journey around 22% body fat, something like that. Maybe 23% body fat. Wow. So... That's all, I mean, that's already well below average for a woman, right? I mean, technically, yeah, right in the range. Perhaps... Let's say, let's say 22 to 24% body fat. Yeah. Um, just based on looking at the pictures. I didn't really know enough at the time to kind of put a number on, oh, I, I, I want to, I'm doing this because I want to be 15% body fat right. or something like that. I was just like, yeah, I just feel a little bit soft because I've not been in a gym for a while. I was a pro sailor on a boat and had been in the Caribbean for too many months and was soaked in rum and... <laughs> <laughs> and had been eating boat food for a while. So I started on that journey just to kind of be like, okay, I, I just want to feel like I'm a little bit more in shape and just figure this stuff out because I was kind of fascinated. Yeah. And within three months, I went from 22 to 24% body fat, I weighed 143 pounds to weighing about 130 just over 130 pounds and about 11.5% body fat. Wow. That's dramatic. In how many months? In three months. Ha! That's crazy. But. That's like very dramatic. Literally on the day I started my nutrition coaching on my 37th birthday. And mm-hmm. uh, the same day that I signed up to a really fabulous CrossFit gym out in Rhode Island. And... I went into it kind of like I do most things, like doggedly Just determined. All like in, yeah. if I am gonna yeah. pay this much, I'd yeah. never paid for a nutrition coach. So paying one hundred fifty dollars a month, right, to have somebody give me a set of numbers seemed pretty up there. Yeah. But I was like, okay, it's what people do, so let's go. And I was like, all right, we're in this, we're doing it. Yeah. And like anybody, when you start counting macros, the first couple of days, two three days, I was like, oh dang. I just ate all of the fat for the day. Now what? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, that is true. It takes some practice to do it without but ending I, the day needing a plate full of egg whites. Yeah. <laughs> I remember in that first week kind of just eating too much too soon. Then I ended up having to eat like lettuce for dinner or something. Just lettuce and pickles. I ate pickles just to fill myself up. And I was so freaking hungry that I would wake up at like two in the morning feeling sick yeah and I'd go and like drink some sparkling water and like honestly thought I was gonna barf and my stomach would hurt and my sleep would be disrupted for like a little while till I figured it out but me being me I did not give in right you better believe that I weighed and measured everything and I did not go out to eat and like I tracked Every little sip of alcohol I had, I like 
I used to drink all sorts of different alcohols, and I picked one. I picked, like, a Fit Vine. Yeah, you could just do... Where I could actually get, like, macros, and, like, the nutrition coaching company that I was with had this app where you could learn, where you could decide um, if you wanted to track your alcohol as fat or carbs. Oh, right, how to, yeah, mix. I'm not really sure how accurate that was, but anyway, I, I literally tracked everything, and in those three months... I think I had three days where I did not hit your number, like track that spot on that hard. (laughs) And when I look back at the pictures, I'm like, damn, that's some, some good results. And I've tapped in and out of macro counting since then, Mm -hmm. mostly just to check that I'm getting enough of the things that I need to get. Not like I've never done it for more than about a month at a time because I don't really feel I need to and I'm pretty busy and I just don't feel like I have the time I'm pretty good at eyeballing it but in order to get down to 11.5% body fat that's what it took like zero tolerance either side and it's kind of interesting when I work with my clients right now the ones who are macro counting and who are looking to lean out because not everybody's goal is to lean out some people are just sitting at maintenance cruising along yeah yeah. That, you know, some for some people it's like, why am I not seeing results or as results as, as fast as I should? And when I hear that, I'm always like, well, there is no time limit on this. Like, well, and there's um, you no can't... common speed, right? I mean, no. genetically, even though, yeah, you worked your ass off for those three months at tracking precisely and following everything your coach told you. And I imagine you were training a lot if you were excited about this new gym. I trained then... At least two hours a day, six yeah. days a week. I like, did not stray from macros. Yeah. And it was like, it was a full-time job. Yeah. Just like working on all of this. And I wouldn't necessarily describe that as healthy. Right. You were kind of, I mean, it sounds like you were in, in some ways acting more like we would expect like a professional athlete, like someone whose job it is to maintain a certain body fat. Like you think of an athlete who in a weight class situation where it's like, you know, you had for some reason, if you know, you had to reach that certain body fat percentage or that certain weight. I mean, you were acting like that, right? Like, like a controlled environment, super following controlled. all the rules, <laughs> super controlled. And, and it's interesting looking back on it now because, you know, at the time people were like, oh, what are you doing? Where do I sign up for this? And I'm like, you can sign up for it, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. You can start And it tomorrow, doesn't mean but... that it should happen because when I look at I did actually keep, I don't have any record of like the online check-ins that I did, but mm-hmm. for the first month I did actually keep my own little journal. Oh, yeah. And... It's really easy, like, looking back, going, oh, yeah, it was great. We had a great time. It was so fun. <laughs> I was just, like, checking, and results were happening. And when I actually look back, I was freaking miserable. Oh, like, really? It like put me in a dark was... place. Like, in oh. the beginning, I had these expectations that weight should come flying off. And it actually didn't. It took almost a month before anything really started to happen. And then it would happen in chunks and level out. Yeah. And I would like freak out every time the scale didn't move and got myself it took a, it actually took a little while to realize that I had put myself almost back into like that eating disorder mindset. Absolutely. Where the discipline was like off the charts. So on the outside I was getting all of this like, "Oh my gosh. Wow, cool." And then when I I actually got on an in-body scanner 
and saw like 11.5%. And half of me, the like the rational half of me went, oh, okay, shit. Is that, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, uh, how, do I, how do I feel about that's, that? <laughs> that's, I mean, wow, but that seems awful low. And then the other half of me was like, but I could be 10%. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's that's that inner battle, right? I mean, that's that's what it means. Like, I I feel like my my journey starting to work with a coach could not have been like more opposite, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, my uh, and I do think. I mean, we don't have to discuss this. That's kind of an aside, but obviously, also that's also if you're thinking about doing nutrition coaching, you want to research the the. The, the companies and the coaches and their philosophies, because I think there's also very aggressive coaches who, if you say you want to lean out, they will take you there in a, you know, in a particular method, right? Whereas um, I definitely, when I signed up first, it was with a coach who was also doing some performance uh, training, like so, so programming as well for the gym. And that was interesting because it was sort of like they, the, the program was described as like, you know, you really can't be afraid of carbs. Like we're going to make you eat a lot on this program because it was actually for performance in the gym was like the, the Mm -hmm. style of that. So it was nutrition, coaching and programming for that goal. And if you do CrossFit, um, and, and pay attention, you kind of know how you feel like ass if you're not eating a lot in CrossFit style workouts. So, you know, it was definitely like I started out eating a lot more than probably what other, nutrition styles might have had me eating macro wise um and then even when I started doing a cut which I didn't do until I had been it was almost four months I guess of counting macros determining my maintenance calories like sitting at a you know a decent caloric intake before I ever did a cut and even that cut was so mild like it was like a you know 50 to 75 calorie reduction each week over the course of many weeks. So, you know, nothing was dramatic. And it was so not dramatic that I agonized in a different way than you did, where I was just like, nothing is happening. Like, this is pointless. And I needed the in-body scan to show me that I was building muscle mass and the body fat percentage was changing. Even if it was slowly, it was steadily Um, so it was totally like, yeah, I mean, it was, mine was definitely more an exercise in patience and having to trust the process. Um, do you trust the process now? I, I mean, I do, I kind of, I I still go through phases where I don't cause I think it's, um, right. Like, I mean, even the, the title of this episode where like, you gotta want it. So gotta want it could mean, yeah, you're committing to, you know, a really strict set of rules, absolutely no mistakes. Like that's, that's part of it. The other side of it is you've got to want it in that you have to trust the process, whatever process that is. Right. So I had to put a lot of trust in my coach to, you know, take a deep breath and say, okay, I might not see results, but I trust that I've communicated that to this person. They tell me this is a long-term sustainable plan Um, cause that was really my goal going in, right. Was I also had no idea what body fat percentage I should be shooting for or anything like that. I just went into it being like, I wanted to feel better, uh, about my body and I wanted to have it be sustainable. I didn't want to like have it be something where if I just, you know, 
took a week off, it would all come back on, all the mm-hmm. weight or something like that. So, you know, different goals, sustainability being one of them. Um, and that really made me trust the process, as did reading Atomic Habits. If you haven't read that book, you need to read <laughs> that book, people, um, because I feel like that, it has absolutely nothing to do with body image or anything like that. But that book by James Clear is, uh, you know, a huge part of it is tr- building a system of habits for whatever your goal is and trusting that every decision, every time you follow that habit, you're actually investing in something years down the road, right? Like, mm-hmm. and not just, I want to be skinny, but I want to be a person that invests in my health on a daily basis or something like that. So I've learned a lot about trusting Has the process. what you want now shifted from what you wanted when you first signed up to do nutrition coaching? Because in the blink of an eye, it'll be a year. I know, I know. Which um, is kind of wild. I mean, if I'm being totally honest, when I signed up last year, I think one of the things I wanted was to not feel fat, right? And like, this goes back to that thing you brought up, which the is totally right, like feeling, feeling fat, feeling fat. So because last summer, I mean, it was also, we were six months into a global pandemic at that point. Um, I had, you know, had been stuck at home for <laughs> so long, um, not going to the gym, you know, mentally, I think we were all in a weird place, right? I was someone that used to go to the gym four or five times a week all of a sudden I was not that person anymore. So I think a lot of it was probably mental, but yeah, I felt fat. I wanted to not feel that way. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think my goal has definitely shifted because now, um, through this podcast as well, probably I've, I've tried to reframe the fact that like, like fat is a, is a, construct right like it's saying I feel fat doesn't even really make sense to me anymore because now my goals are I want to crush some goals in the gym I want to feel really good heading into a workout I want to feel good after a workout feel like I've recovered well um so yeah I mean I think on some level my goals have changed dramatically in that they're a little more functional now than aesthetic I guess do you think you could have gotten to where you are now without a coach? Mm, I, I don't think so. Only because I think, again, this is like that mental game. I Before I signed up with a coach, I very firmly believed that I had tried everything. Like, I'm sure you've had clients come to you, right? And say, like, I've tried everything. And nothing works for me. 80% of people right? who sign up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so I really did believe that. Like I I had done, I had tried low carb. I had tried intermittent fasting. I had tried macro counting where I, I got numbers off offline or I got, you know, you to run my numbers, but I didn't actually have a coach, right? I just like had a set of numbers. And I thought I had been very consistent. But the reality was looking back, I was probably only ever consistent for like on the top end, like two to three months of something. Mm -hmm. And I think now that I look back on that, I think that was really naive of me to think that two to three months of kind of just committing to something, that that was a long time Mm because it's really not, right? I mean, like you said, even when you started the most rigorous, aggressive, leaning out 
it took a month before things changed, right? Yeah. And we have all these like diets out there that are like 30 days and this will happen. And that's just bullshit, right? Like what happens in 30 days is you can make some good mental changes and you can make yourself feel like crap in 30 days. (laughs) Or you can lay the foundation for some really awesome things that will take longer than 30 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so so knowing like, obviously from my experience, I went, into this like crazy kind of selfish super disciplined I didn't even really know what I was going after but like my reward was to hit numbers perfectly yeah and I started to learn that like hunger was like a goal oh and I want to just put it out there and I know we haven't named the company that my coach was great and I actually was given plenty of food but like obviously in order to lose weight i'm not some freak of nature who can defy the laws of thermodynamics i was in a deficit <laughs> i was working out really intensely really hard on top of a physical job and just being super 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 strict about it all but like obviously i could get down to that crazy lean body fat percentage but now I think of it as like, would I want to be there? Was it was it fun? Right. Was there life being lived? Is it yeah. something that is sustainable? Or, or is it just okay? Cool, we went there, but that's actually yeah. kind of tough. Like like if this big bear weekend had come up in the midst of you doing that, mm-hmm. right? I mean, would you have even gone? I would have gone. <laughs> Um, but, you know, everything would, I wouldn't have been able to, like, join in on, like, getting takeout on the first night. Uh, I wouldn't have, I would have made my own breakfast every day. Um, I would have had to, like, weigh my own chicken and give to you to grill because I wouldn't have trusted anybody else to do it right. Yeah. And then, like, in terms of alcohol... It wouldn't have been like, oh yeah, do you want do you want a champagne go? We, we wouldn't like, have oh. started the day with mimosas and ended them with red wine. And... I mean, I probably would because I actually did, you know, I did drink wine throughout yeah, my process. That's true. You can, fu- yeah, you can but, factor it into macros. Um, I wouldn't have been able to like enjoy it because it was always like in the back of my mind, like constant. And that was one of the things that that was so hard to get past coming from an eating disorder background is that you're constantly making calculations in your brain yeah and back then it was all about calories i had no clue protein fats and carbs it was just like how do i stay less than 500 calories in a day so like i got used to like this constant calculation happening Mm -hmm. and that had returned so like if i had been still in that process this weekend there would have been no like downtime relaxing it would have been like this constant like brain churn of like okay what is this what is this add this add this do this my phone probably would have got fallen in the water with me pulling it out. (laughs) Don't miss this. Don't miss this bite. And like, that's why, you know, when I have clients come to me, it's like, I want you to focus on being healthy first and feeling good first. Right. Because when you feel good, everything else tends to like fall in place because you like want to do more. You want to go put yourself out in the world more. You'll move more. You'll want to take care of yourself more. But, uh, it's, if, do you think you would ever be like having gone through almost a year 
of macro counting and and kind of learning what it takes, what it looks like, finding a balance between going, you know what, there's there's the the self-compassion part where you're like, I don't need to track today. I can have yeah. a fun day. And then there's the sort of where you do that too much and it becomes sabotage. So finding that balance, like, do you think you would ever be inclined to be like, okay, I'm doing really good. I'm in a great place. I've changed my body composition, but I want to be 11% body fat. Let's go. <laughs> do I think I'd ever get there? Do you think you would ever be um, like, I really want, I want to stand on that stage in a weird sparkly bikini that costs a thousand dollars. Yeah. I don't flex. think I'll get there. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever want to stand in the sparkly bikini. Uh, not to judge those who do, um, because no, it's that, hard that's, work. that's a crazy it's hard a work goal. Dedication. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'd get there, but I also, I also don't think I'm like, I don't think I'm yet to the point of just like the goal of like, I don't know if the right, this is the right way to say it. Like the goal of like intuitive eating, like the giving up tracking altogether and feeling like I have, right. Like I'm, I'm definitely still in that like middle ground of, I understand way more than I used to. But I'm still anxious when I feel like I'm messing up the system, right? Like last month, I mean, I've, I've traveled a fair bit in the last month. Like I, you know, was away visiting family for 10 days. So I was in, it wasn't in my own house, eating lots of takeout, cooking, you know, meals with family. Um, and I was kind of thought I'd be strict at first, like stick into my macros. Um, but eventually I just like, I was like, you know what? this whole trip is going to be like, I'm just going to stop counting macros. And I even took off my little authoritarian sleep ring tracker um, because I also didn't want to be stressing about not getting good sleep because I was two hours difference in time zone. So I was, yeah, I like lots of things were messed up. You know, I didn't have a lot of control over my food, sleeping poorly. All of those things are factors in like how the scale might move, even Mm -hmm. though I'm still not weighing myself. Um, so it was good to take a break, and you and I even talked about that, right? Like it's it's healthy to take a, a real break from tracking on a regular yeah. basis. Um, but I kind of still wanted to come back from that, right? To like be a little more strict and feel like I was still, uh, still on track, even if that track is sustainable and flexible, which I think it should be. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I have the discipline to ever be the the pick a number like 12% body fat or something and, and get to it more because I think over the years of what I've learned through this podcast, what I've learned is that I don't want to be miserable for three months, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, it's fun to go out to eat with friends. It's fun to feel awesome doing a really tough workout, uh, that requires energy and, you know, uh, we do stuff at the gym all the time that I do not think I could do if I were only eating fifteen or 1,600 calories a day. That is true. Or I could do it, but I'd feel miserable. And we all, we know this. I am not as good at being miserable as you are at the gym. <laughs> like, Hannah can push herself Thrive into the, on She can throw herself into that pain cave and push through all kinds of things. And I am, I am not. I am a... I'm a much more special snowflake than you <laughs> in that sense um, that I need to be pushed to really push myself. 
Um, so I know that if I were, if I were under eating and trying to do CrossFit style workouts, I'd be miserable and I'd just stop going probably. <laughs> and it also probably leads to injury. I mean, like for those right. people that we see, you know, the influences that are shredded or the people that are standing on stage and stuff, that's not how they walk around all the time either. Right. And I think like, and they're not working out, they're standing there, right? Like. I mean, I don't want to take that away from them because apparently it's very hard to hold these poses. Super hard. And there's obviously a lot of work that goes, a lot of reps that go into building these yes. ridiculous muscles. They're not trying to do cross For the natural ones. Yeah. Um, But it's like when I got super lean, I got there and then it's like, it's almost like, okay, cool, now what? I mean, I either commit to a lifetime of really intense, serious, strict work and probably become a social recluse eventually right. because who the hell wants to hang out with somebody who obsesses yeah. over every gram of everything and can never let their hair down and I can only imagine how that then like spills over into obsessing over other things in life and then like yeah. before I know yeah. it my stress levels would be through the roof because everything would have to be perfect and that's no fun you kind of get there and you're like cool now what it's yeah. not like I have a competition <laughs> that I had to do this for. It's not like I've got to go and stand on stage and flex and have the right veins sticking out in the right places. I was just like, do they I didn't... judge that the veins are supposed to be in that? I don't know. I don't know. Place? I don't think about like positioning, but I think there's <laughs> definitely like scores for vascularity. Vascularity. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's, well, that's why they eat candy, sugar. Oh, right. They, they kind of, they want to pump it up, right? Everything goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, without having a yeah like a competition or like a mm-hmm. very set purpose, I don't think I. It's not even so much want because I do get a kick out of, like, being super duper focused on something that's slightly miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it be a workout or like, okay, let's lean out here, but in like in a short term way, but I don't think I need to go there. Yeah, like. It's always fun. Like in August, I, I'm coaching a group and in a whole year program. And in August, we do another 30 days of like clean eating. Um, last time, well, the last two times I've done it, I haven't tracked anything. I just yeah. like didn't drink alcohol, didn't eat really anything processed. Yeah. And just kind of tuned into like hunger and fullness cues and kept it clean. And like last year when I did it in August, I dropped about five pounds of weight. Yeah. And did it again in January and that was about four pounds and kept, I've kept that body fat off. I've built muscle mass since then. Right. So it'll be, I was toying with the idea of going, of tracking during August, Mm -hmm. not with like, I want to hit a certain set of numbers just to see like, what do I actually eat in a day? Yeah. Yeah. Purely based off of like, intuition like what is my body asking for when I train hard and there's no like grab a protein bar and go because it's easy it's like I've actually got to think about this a little harder because protein bars are processed so I can't have that anymore like my beloved no cow habit has to get put on hold (laughs) and so that you so you did that you do that with the group twice in a 12 month period Mm -hmm. two of the months January and August okay because I mean right like that's another thing too of like um that these 30 day type things that make you promises in 30 days. Part of the reason 
that, you know, they, they usually don't work is because you have 11 other months of the year where, you know, you're not having that kind of guidance. So that, that sounds pretty cool to it's kind like, of have it be part of a 12 month so we, we larger kicked it off kind with of kind of like, yeah, and there's no like, you have to starve every day. I was like, I don't want people walking around all hangry and mad at me for what right. I made them do. It's literally like, <laughs> let's learn. Coaches let's... would probably take the brunt of hangriness a yeah. lot, huh? <laughs> I'll be like, I'll be the first in line to be hangry if this is a horrible yeah. program. It is literally like, let's just kind of reset ourselves, put real food into our bodies, not alcohol, nothing hyper palatable, no sugar crashes, so that we actually learn what hunger, going back to like this whole feeling thing, what does hunger really feel like? Mm. And learning to be like, in the first few days, and I don't eat particularly badly, I don't eat a whole lot of crap, on yeah. like regularly, but the first week of doing the 30 days of clean eating, there will for sure be times where I'm like, oh, I really want to eat something sweet or, you know, I want a glass of wine in an evening and like kind of get the jitters. Like I want, I want to, yeah. I, I want this thing. <laughs> and it's kind of learning like, you know what, if I'm a little bit hungry, it's not a freaking emergency. I am lucky enough to live in a first world country. Like I'm not <laughs> searching for food to hunt and gather if my fridge is full there's grocery stores abundance nearby that I can go to and buy food from but if I feel a little bit hungry that's okay yeah. I don't want to let myself get too hungry because I don't want to end up like hangry or trying to overeat something but just kind of resetting you know the hunger the fullness leaning into all of the feels not having any alcohol no pino for 30 no days. pino for 30 days that's going to be the toughest bit you know it's actually weird when you do 30 days, like legitimately not, and I'm going to sound like an alcoholic right now, but like not touching a drop. By the time I get to day 31 and I'm just like, every time I've done this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a glass of wine tonight just because I can. And I'll pour it and I'll sit there and be like, I don't know. I, know. I feel weird about this. And it doesn't even taste that great. And I feel like ridiculously buzzed after a couple of sips. I'm like, oh, maybe I would, maybe I just won't drink. And then a week later, I'm like, oh, you're back to it, back you to know? it. Yeah. But it's just kind of nice to, to feel like you cleaned yourself out without yeah. doing anything stupid. Like you can only drink green juice for the next right. thirty days. <laughs> yeah, no. whenever there's too many rules, people that's that's usually when people fail, right? But yeah, but it does take uh... discipline. And but and I'm also like, I would never tell anybody like, hey do this and you're going to lose 10 pounds. It happened that for yeah. a couple of people, they actually did they lose about bit, 10 right? pounds plus some and then continued to lose at a much lesser rate, obviously, because, mm -hmm. you know, after 30 days, I'm like, think about how you feel. And if you feel really good, then what did you change? And yeah. why not keep a bunch of those changes if you're actually feeling good? Like, so... Everybody so far has kept off at least what they took off in that first 30 days. Mm -hmm. And for many have continued to lose some more at a like really healthy rate. And for a lot of people with, you know, for some people hearing like 10 pounds lost in a month. Oh my gosh, that's really unhealthy. A bunch of that is water weight. Well, exactly. And, and everyone's coming to it with different lifestyles leading up to that, right? Like someone who drinks a couple beers a day, you remove that. You're removing thousands of calories just from that right so. and that is what like for for me especially with the one i did in january and you know probably also like this this august because i'm you know we've been away at the lake we're, we're gonna go to new orleans soon 
just the drinking alone. When yeah. you take that yeah. out of the equation, it's amazing the difference that it makes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like all of these things, it takes discipline. And if you were doing the 30 days and you're like, yeah, well, you know, I had a couple of glasses of wine a week and then now I had out. like, yeah. I had some chips, but you know, I've mostly been good. I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's not really the point of the exercise, right? Yeah. Same deal as when people come to me like, I want to count macros. I'm going to be super strict. And then a month later, they're like, nothing happened. And then when we actually dig into it a little bit, it's like, well, yeah, I had like a, a bite of this and then I tried somebody's, you know, I just had like a half slice of pizza and I didn't think it really counted. And then I'll look at like how a cocktail was tracked or, you know, how a glass of wine was tracked or something. And it's actually nowhere near. Yeah. And then you suddenly go, well, the deficit that you should have been in just didn't exist. Well, it's also tough to do with, like, the tools people use, right? Like, if you use um, the food tracking softwares and stuff, like, they'll be occasionally, I'll scan a barcode, it'll enter the food, and then I actually look at the nutrition information, and maybe it's just got the calories, but none of the macros. So at the end of the day, I look at my macros and think, oh, I, I need more carbs, more protein, more fat, because that meal didn't actually have the macros added so it's like you know even that it's there's lots of there's lots of ways to mess up and there's um, discrepancies between like how calories how the fda like the rules around how calories are shown and what they have to calculate and what they can hide especially when it comes to things like fiber and and sugar alcohols so you know calories are saying one thing but it could be another thing and then your body is going to take X amount of calories out of fiber, which will be different to what my body takes out of. So essentially it's all a guess anyway, which is why like when I was doing my, when I had a coach and in the Facebook group, I was like literally reading people losing their shit because they didn't know how to calculate the sesame seeds in everything but the bagel season. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah. Because just like the margin of error anyway, like... A tomato picked in season in California versus one picked out of season but grown in a greenhouse somewhere else and flown in. What? Just that alone is going to be like I could never wrap my head around bananas. You know, eating a green banana versus like a spotty brown banana. Like how how do you account for that? And it's like you're right. If you obsess over that kind of stuff, it's that that that's going to derail you in a mental way for sure. So I think kind of looking at the title of you know whatever it takes. I mean, oh oh. You gotta want it. Sorry, not whatever. It is. You gotta want it. You can it. change the title. We haven't even posted it yet. True. So, you know. What do you guys think? <laughs> you gotta want it. It's like you, if you decide to go on the journey to look a particular way, just know that it's gonna take some serious dedication. Mm-hmm. And there's always that thing of like, if you're doing one thing, you're not doing another. So if that one thing is obsessing over every single gram of stuff that passes your lips, then you're not paying attention to your work or your friends or your family or, you know, taking care of something else that needs to be taken care of. And, and if you understand that and you're able to weigh that up, it's kind of like whenever I take people on, I always try and ask them the ready, willing and able mm-hmm. question because it's very easy to say, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. I'm ready to lose this weight. I'm ready to lean out and show my veins off to the world. And I'm I'm willing to go and buy a food scale and to weigh my raw chicken and to, you know, not go out to eat for X period of time or maybe not drink any alcohol. 
But then it comes to the key factor, which is, are you able to do that? Yeah. And if you're a hugely busy person with lots of jobs and kids and commitments and travel and you're not likely to have much control over what you're cooking or eating at any given time, Mm -hmm. you're simply just not able to do that. And that's okay. But that's where it comes down to like, and that's not to say, well, you should ditch the notion of having a nutrition coach or working towards your goals. Not at all. Like I think having a coach is a wonderful thing. And like in terms of educating you, especially like if, you know, you thought you knew stuff. I thought I knew stuff. And then I started on this and was like, oh, wow, I don't know stuff. I did not know I have a lot anything. to learn. I've studied this for years now and I still have so much to learn. And at some point, I'll get myself a coach again just because it's fascinating yeah. to learn from somebody else a and get a different perspective. Exactly. And to put your trust in somebody else and kind of, I mean, I don't think too hard about my own personal nutrition. I've kind of, I'm kind of on autopilot. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a sense of relief to go like, here, yeah, and let what do you else, think? Let someone else worry about it. Exactly, exactly. No, it's true. I mean, the, the commitment thing is interesting. I mean, I've had conversations with a friend of mine who, yeah, she's she's definitely got some, some, some body goals. Like she's got some trips she wants to take, some activities that, you know, will take some work. She needs to get stronger in certain ways and do things like, you know, maybe lose a bit of, of body fat and body weight. Um, and we've talked about kind of the ways to make that happen. And the reality is, is she's a very busy person who has a very high stress job and who doesn't sleep very much and the sleep thing alone. Mm -hmm. And then if you add things like the cortisol of a stressful life and stuff like that, like she probably won't, you know, it'll, it'll take even more work for her to also start sleeping better, drinking more water, things beyond that macro, that macro count that the coach would give her. And the reality is when we've talked about it, she's said like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not at a place where I'm ready to commit to that. And, um, so what she does is, you know, do things that are easier to fit in her life, like doing juice cleanses sometimes. And, you know, we talk about how those are generally counterproductive and, you know, you might feel like you're losing weight, water weight or whatever for the first few days, but it's going to come back. And, you know, she's rational and understands that, but, but it's true. It's like her, her lifestyle is she recognizes it's tough for her to commit to maybe the work that it would take. Mm-hmm. So even though she she wants it, you know, you got to really want it to to make those other commitments. And um, like and when we say you got to you've got to want it or you've got to really want it, that doesn't mean that, you know, in 3 months if you set your mind to it, you should have achieved right. something yeah, absolutely radical. Not. Absolutely it's not. like wanting it could be as simple as for the next 6 months I'm working on one thing. Yeah. And that is figuring out how to get seven hours of sleep a night. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because that, that that could be it. And I think with your the 30 days you're going to do with your group, that's kind of something I said a little earlier. But like what you can do in 30 days is like lay the foundation mm-hmm. for some really solid habits. Right? So yeah. if it is, if it's sleep, if it's water, if it's, you know, one thing. Like if you do 30 days and can take one lesson from that 30 days and carry it through. Like that's, that's what you can definitely achieve in 30 days. It's like 30 um, days to start 
yeah. rather than 30 <laughs> days and ta-da, yeah, finished yeah, product, exactly. off you go, well, like, come back and see me in another like, month and pay for this all over again. <laughs> Ching! Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's and that's you're right, that's what people do, the sort of fraud in the industry is people making promises like that. I'd make but, so much more money if I was prepared to be fraudulent. Right? Oh, I mean, absolutely, by definition, right? But But yeah, even like when you said, when you get to a place of like, whatever percent body fat or something and you're like and now what mm-hmm. like you know I feel like I'm kind of grateful that I haven't gotten to that place yet because since my goals now are are about feeling good in the gym and being sustainable and you know committing to a not even just a slow process but like an ongoing never-ending process right like I just want to be a certain way I'm, I haven't gotten to the how what place yet because well, you, oh, that's the thing is like if you focus on feeling good yeah and focus on like what you can do then there is no end yeah there's no now what stage right because when you focus just... on a number or a percentage that may not even genetically be attainable for you yeah. if you're healthy then, I mean, who the hell wants to struggle bus and starve and get hangry and not <laughs> sleep and want to barf at 3 a.m. for something that is unattainable? Yeah. And I think that's a that's an important thing. And that's where, like, having a coach is really useful to kind of actually take the time with somebody to, to set, re, like, manage expectations. Yeah. I mean, you're right. To a be great realistic. coach, that, that is what a good coach because, will do for you. like, if you came to me as a client and said... In two months' time, I want to be 10% body fat. I want the abs to and show. And bikini ready. <laughs> I would be like, I, no. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, let's start I don't want to be else. responsible for <laughs> effing you up. Because, like, to achieve that, you would have to go to a place that was so unhealthy. Yeah. And miserable. And would completely impact everything in your life. And we live way too close to each other for your hanger to be. I'd, to I'd, that you, the hanger would be right next door. You're right. It'd be very bad. But, but I mean, you're right. Cause it's, it, and it's tough though, because there are lots of coaches out there who probably would take me to oh, that yeah. place. They'd be like, absolutely. You want abs in 30 days? I can make it happen by starving you. They probably wouldn't say that part, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. We haven't, we definitely haven't like Sell you some named snake oil. companies and that's, I think that's a good thing that we're not naming companies, but but, you know, there are definitely, there are well-known nutrition companies out there that are called like, oh yeah, they, they put you on the starvation template or they put you on the, you know, there's, there's aggressive all the way across the spectrum. And, um, yeah, there are, there are coaches out there that would, that would have me be hangry all the time. And I'm grateful that I don't have one of those. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's counterproductive because if you're in that state and you're. There's not actually a, like, sure, if you were, if your lifelong ambition and your life's work was to go to the Olympics in Tokyo in, in like a month or a couple of months, whenever it is, and you were weight classed and you had either, I go to the Olympics or right. I miss that, because yeah. I weigh a pound too much. Well, heck yeah, we got to go to work because we have a deadline and, you know... <laughs> This that's is your when, life's work. That's when knowing how to lose that quick water weight is important. But, you know, this is crazy. Yeah. And I thought about this earlier. I saw this documentary and I think it was a boxer or like a UFC fighter kind of person. And he he basically filmed, I think it was the 36 hours before weigh-in. Oh, yeah. And he had to that's drop so crazy. 
like in the region of 20 pounds. And I was like, how is to that To make his possible? weight class? Yeah. And apparently Ooh. he had done this before. And they filmed this process where it was basically like, you know, working out what he could in the early stages, like some cardio, because by after about 12 hours, he was incapable. Probably couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Saunas, steam rooms, like, uh, diuretics. Oh just, gosh. And so miserable. He dropped something like 16 pounds. He didn't make it, Like he went through all of that. And then like he, they were about three hours or so away from the weigh in and he was like in and out, like barely conscious anymore. And oh his trainer gosh. actually was like, Hey man, <laughs> this has to stop. we got to pull you out. It's not going to work this time. And I'm just like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Because I can only imagine how terrible you feel after that but that's what they do i mean i saw what was the sport i think it was like some kind of fighting oh right i guess fighters have yeah and there was that female now. fighter too who was like yeah. walked on stage to and weigh like, in and she out. was like barely <laughs> capable of walking yeah yeah that's rough because like right like when i hear a story like that i think about how i mean my, that's really my, like you gotta want it because yeah, i don't want you that. gotta really want it because like I, I i've mentioned before like how my mindset has shifted with things like gymnastic skills where like I used to think I used I, I had to lose weight to do pull-ups or, right? Like, the more you lose weight, the more pull-ups you can do. And it's like, actually, no, you can just get stronger. <laughs> like, I would rather spend the whole year working on getting stronger to be in the next weight class or, right, like, do what I need to do without having to lose that much body fat. But, um, yeah, that just sounds miserable. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of... If you're currently in the process of nutrition coaching or contemplating it or contemplating any kind of, I'm, I'm going to start this thing. Yeah. Any kind of goal, right? I mean, it, it's absolutely, I'm I think it thing. Hashtag to... Christmas body because each body will be over <laughs> and soon. Oh, ugly Christmas sweater body. That should be a thing. <laughs> that should absolutely be a thing. <laughs> you got to, you got to weigh up a lot of things like ready, willing, and able. Like how much time do you have to commit? realistically yeah. not like theoretically in your perfect dream world that you would just right. woke up and were like yeah it's gonna work it's gonna be great because if you're already starting out behind the curve it's only gonna get worse and then you're gonna set yourself up for feelings of failure and like yeah the mental game is hard enough already yeah <laughs> and then there's like the good thing about having a coach is being able to be set realistic expectations and be able to like manage your own expectations and to be able to look at you from a kind of body shape genetics point of view so that you're not about to try and murder yourself for something that you simply might not ever be able to achieve mm -hmm. and if you did get there you'd probably be so sick you wouldn't be able to do anything with it yeah <laughs> you'd be in bed yeah. shivering cold and sad all I the mean, time yeah and I think about that too I mean the, the the reality is as much as my body fat percentage has changed um my boobs haven't changed that much, which means like they're probably sticking around. I'm losing, right? Like we talk about hormones affect us all the time, right? Like I, I was born to have boobs and I think it appears all evidence is in the direction that like I can achieve some body composition changes and they won't change much. So that that is that is genetic, that is hormonal, that is a reality that, you know, if I starved myself to the point of getting rid of them, I would know that's probably not... I'm working against my natural inclination there. <laughs> and I know from like my experience that genetically I am able to tap into that freak discipline yeah. and get crazy lean. Crazy lean. But I also am now willing to admit that 
that is not something that is mentally healthy for me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer to keep on the leaner side. I like a little bit of vascularity. I like to have lower body fat. We've said it before. I'm not planning to ever have children. So it's not like on my radar for like, oof, I should maybe bump up the body fat a little bit. For the health reasons of that, yeah. But I'm also like very conscious of like, if I ever get a notion in my head and and it probably will come up for the rest of my life periods of like, Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, I could get like super lean. I could just get on it and get back on that horse and just weigh and measure everything and get right back down there. Maybe I could get below 10%. And then I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. (laughs) We don't need to do that. We don't need to be there. We don't need to live that lifestyle because I literally have no reason to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that if I do it, it might be like, oh, I achieved that, but I'm not going to feel good. Mm. And the things that I love to do are going to feel shitty. And that is just not worth it anymore. That's not worth it. So what I want, what I'm after in my gotta want it is feeling good. Yeah. And then appreciating that certain features are just features. You got boobs, I got an ass. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. That thing is going to follow me around to the day I die. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I know. I know. And and right now you've yes, you've you've got the you you've got the abs. I, I did want to tell our listeners the Big Bear, the other experiment of Big Bear, you know, the if you can't tone it, tan it. Oh yeah. So, you know, we tan. I, I got some tan this weekend for me at least. And the abs, the abs didn't pop out. Like it's the the, the tone it, tan it does not the sun apply. Didn't magically I don't know. Pop. I mean, <laughs> That's because you didn't lay that. I didn't, we should I didn't contour the sunscreen like we were supposed to. <laughs> Dang it. Next time. We'll just have to go away on another vacation. Next time. You got to really want it to, to learn how to contour with your sunscreen appropriately. There you go. Well, I think that kind of wraps up episode 17 quite nicely. Manage expectations. Get a coach. Why not? And uh, just work on feeling good. Feeling good. It's the best because goal there is. Looking you can good achieve it. then shines through. Even in 30 good. days, you can achieve it. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening. Feel free to uh, give us a shout out on your social media. I don't think you can actually, unfortunately, leave reviews on Spotify. But you can on iTunes, so hit us yeah. up there. Yeah, and, uh, love to see some reviews. Let's make it to 3,000 downloads. Absolutely. Our team of people. Next goal. If there's Mom, download go, it. Go Ruby. <laughs> Tune in next time. we got plenty more to say. Thank you for listening.